What's up, what's up, everybody? It is time to make up your mind with me, Mandy. And it is a little bit of a gloomy day in LA here today, yeah. but not to worry because we have my girl Robin Taylor here. Hello! Right in our day. Robin, Hi. how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. Are you are you, are you feeling like the gloomy weather? Are you gonna like um, I overcome like, it? Oh yeah. I have like mixed feelings. Oh, I always overcome, girl. <laughs> we always do that. Um I kinda like that there's a little bit of rain just because LA it doesn't really rain that much. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have a little bit of gloom, but also like it brings the mood down a little bit because you're like, oh my god, the rain. Like, you want to like stay in bed kind of? Yeah. Kind of force yourself stay to get inside. Up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, we we definitely need the rain, but we need yeah. more of the sunshine. So can you bring yeah. up our vibes with like what you do? How, how can we yes. like let our listeners know like what Robin Taylor's about, about yeah. and just, you know, share, share your life with us. Yes. Okay, yes. I'll tell you all, all you need to know. Uh, Robin Taylor. So I... I'm a music artist mainly, you know, I write songs, sing, perform. Um, I actually started live streaming back in like 2017. I started on an app called Live Me and it just kind of like took off from there. Started getting contracted on numerous other apps. And so that's kind of where I fell more into like social media world and I really enjoyed live streaming. And then from there, I mean, I've been, I've always been interested in like money and finance. <laughs> Cha-ching! Um, so I started investing, um, about four years ago, like, you know, in the stock market. Uh, and then from there, then I got into crypto about, I mean, a year ago, I'm still a baby in the crypto world, but I'm super into it. It actually, all so into it. right. Like, I mean, all the creative stuff started, you know, I started acting in, uh, school plays at like six and then I actually, let's start there. Let's start yeah. from like, from like the young, baby Robin, young Robin Taylor, baby yeah. Robin, like, Tell us, like, where you grew up. Like, give us a little bit yeah. of, like, a biography. I, I want to yes. know. I want okay. my listeners to, like, really get to know. Yeah. So I'm originally from Fairfax, Virginia, which is, like, right outside of D.C. Um, my dad worked in the Navy. He was a commander in the Navy for, like, nuclear subs and stuff. My mom was just, like, a desktop specialist, computer stuff, you <laughs> I, know? I like that, desktop specialist. Right? Yeah, desktop specialist. <laughs> um, so that's what my parents did. Uh, grew up outside of D.C. And then I started, like, acting in school plays and stuff when I was, like, six. And then... When I was eight, I started playing the cello, so that's where music came into play. Classical. Yeah, right? I know, crazy. <laughs> and then uh, when I was nine, I started taking piano lessons. Another thing that happened when I was eight, though, this is where the finance comes into play, is uh, okay. we used to have, like, yard sales and garage sales and stuff, and my mom got me this little kid's cash register, so I got to do the cash register at the yard sale, and I just loved counting the money. And then I also ran for treasurer in elementary school three years in a row and never got it. You know, um, in regards to, like, the money thing, I was just the banker in Monopoly, and I always cheated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl, you do what you gotta do to get that bread. <laughs> but no, like, I'm just kidding. You want to go and you're over here with, like, a cash register, yeah. and she's telling the money, like, at yeah. a young age, she's getting a feel for it. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that. it was really cute. Like, I liked it. You know, it made the little noise when you open the drawer. It was like, ching ding 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 And then, like, I was just like, yeah, the money. I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Um, okay. okay. And then... Around 9 or 10, I started taking, like, acting classes and modeling classes in the D.C. area. And then uh, when I was 14, I went to New York City for a, like, acting convention thing. But after auditioning for so many years and, like, not really getting anything, then I was like, okay, screw this. I'm going to go to music. So then I started doing music lessons, uh, like, voice lessons and stuff. So that's where music started coming more into play. Okay. Do you feel like you... you um you always wanted to be an actress and it just kind of didn't work out so you like kind yeah. you kind of went into music or do you think mm -hmm. that you know 
your thing had always been music and you just didn't know it and like your path led you yeah. down where you were supposed to be with music does that make sense I feel like, yeah I feel like it's a little bit of both because like I, when I was younger I would kind of like imagine myself older like on the red carpet and like in movies and stuff and I love acting but I feel like I use a lot of that acting into music as well you know like because it's so expressing yeah exactly and I love I just love like I love talking and I love being vocal and I feel like singing and songwriting like I've been writing since I was a young kid too like when I was six I won a couple of writing awards for my poems and stories in that. elementary school so I feel like the songwriting and writing was kind of natural as well I don't know. I just feel like it's all around creative. I just love being creative. Okay. Yeah. I love that. We love we love creativity. creativity. So when did you make your way to LA from Virginia? Because that's a, yeah. that's a huge change. Like what yeah. a culture shock, right? So actually, um, I actually moved to New York City first. So I moved to New York City like two days after my nineteenth birthday. Um, By yourself. Yeah, well, I went for college, so that was, like, my way out of Virginia, because I was, like, you know, I don't, I don't have enough money, you know, so I just, like, used college as, you know, being, my whole family is all, like, college educated, they all have college degrees, so, you know, they really pushed me to go to college, so I was, like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to college for anything, it's going to be something artistic, you know, Correct. so I was, like, okay, let me go for music, I, and I was expelled in high school, so I was, like, I gotta find a college that will accept me. <laughs> what were you expelled for, Robin? Two thousand expelled twice. Uh- <laughs> Oh my god, not just once but twice. Do you, yeah. do you want to share that? We can't just sure. Yeah. Okay. So I was kind of a bad girl. I got in trouble a lot in high school. Um, like with the cops a couple times too. Um, but uh, but clean record. My adult record is clean. So don't you worry, future bachelors. <laughs> okay. Quit dancing around it. Why did yeah. you know? Okay. So the first time, um, I hit the security guard. Because he, so me and my friend were actually trying to skip for lunch, like go across the street for lunch and then come back. And you weren't allowed to do that. So as we're like walking through the parking lot, the security guard's like, hey, what are you guys doing out here? And we were like, oh, just grabbing gym shoes or something. <laughs> so we like, luckily, like my, the car that I had was like a hand-me-down from my sister and my sister was like athletic. So thank God there were sneakers in the car. Okay. So he, he, he held my purse as collateral to be like, okay, I'm going to hold your purse. You go get your your shoes and come back so then I was like okay so I go to my car grab my shoes I come back and my purse is gone and then like the some other security guard is there and I'm like okay I have my sneakers like can I have my <laughs> yeah where's my purse can I go to class now and he's just like what are you really doing out here blah 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 he starts interrogating me so I was just like I started cursing at him and I was like I want my purse dude I have my sneakers and I want to go give me my purse and so he kept egging me on and so then I hit him with the shoe in <laughs> the face and actually when you know I went to the school board meeting they were like um so because he kind of egged you on we're not gonna like do a a full-on expulsion we'll just move you from one school to another public school so then I was like okay so they did that but then you know that was like before the summer so then I had the summer off and then the second time was the first week of my junior year at this new school I'd made this friends with this girl or whatever and like I smoked a lot of weed back in the day. So, like, literally the one time I ever had weed on me on school grounds and this girl, like, had uh, I had told somebody or whatever. So then, like, as I came back inside from lunchtime or whatever, like, smoking in my car, um, <laughs> the principal was like, so we got a word about something and we're going to have to pull you aside and search you. So, yeah, then they found weed on me and they're like, all right, you're out of here. So you went to, so after that you, mm-hmm. you went to college? 
Yeah. Okay, so, so then if I, I was playing the college, they would accept you. Yeah, because I was expelled. expelled. <laughs> so then, um, actually, the expelled kind of worked out. Did that affect anything? Actually, it kind of worked out for the better because, like, the the school that I went to was only for expelled kids. So there was like <gasps> see kids every yeah. month for a reason. Yes, I so I actually finished high school six months early because the school I went to was all on the computer, two hours a day. Fridays were optional. I was like, Fridays are optional. I'm not going on Friday. Yeah. Like, we're going to tell expelled kids that Fridays are optional. We're not going. Like, so I actually, because it was all computer based, it was like just whenever I finish the Latin lessons and the quiz, I get to finish. So I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to finish as fast as I can. Okay. I got out six months early, but then I had to go to like a community college for like extra college courses. Like, I got English and math out of the way before I went to college for music. So then by the time I got to music school, those credits were already done. And what was the school that you went to? A five towns college. Okay, and yeah. then you were at school there, and then mm-hmm. when did you make your way to LA? How old were you? And mm-hmm. the little story behind, behind oh, yeah. getting to LA. Um, so after I finished college, I stayed in New York for another year, um, and I had actually visited LA in 2012 during Hurricane Sandy. Okay, that was my first time in LA. So I actually came here for a music conference. The music conference actually got canceled. So I was like, "What?" So then I just got stuck out here for or I mean, not Christmas for Halloween. And then they, when Hurricane Sandy hit New York, I got stranded out here for three days. So I had to like sleep in my rental car my first time in LA because I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't bring enough money for this," you know. So then I'd actually visited LA twice. So then I moved here in July of 2013 the next year a year after college and um I just like camped across the country because it was cheaper and fun and like no matter what you were gonna make your dream happen oh yeah yeah definitely I mean I'd already like made it in New York City so I was like okay if I can make it here (laughs) yeah what what do you find different from New York to here and Mm -hmm. of anybody who's trying to get in entertainment is there any advice that you would give them in regards to whether New York LA or yeah or traveling across the country by yourself at at, oh yeah 23. 23, I was like, because you were 19, and then, yeah. so I'm 23, yeah. you know, um, I, I know times are way different now, yeah. and we have, like, the whole purge going on, sad to say, I know. but we'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. um, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's really straining on somebody's, you know, mental, oh, uh, emotional, physical, yeah. uh, so, so what, what would you, what kind mm. of advice would you give to, to mm. somebody trying, trying to do that? Um, I think it depends on your goals, so, like, New York is definitely way more, fashion oriented yes but there's also a lot of fashion in LA too so I think it just depends on your personality type as well like Mm. I loved New York City but I you know I grew up in Virginia so I'm still like a suburb girl and I like how LA is more spread out I like the sun and the palm trees and you know winter although like I like to visit winter I don't know if I really like living through it so I think like you have to assess a couple things you know like what do you like and dislike in terms of your personality and also your goals, you know, because another thing is like, if you go into acting, you know, New York is definitely, I think more theater based. I was going to say yeah. for acting school theaters. Yes. And LA is way more film based. Mm-hmm. So, and then in terms of music, I'd say like New York is definitely more like, I would say rap and rock. And then okay. LA is probably, I mean, there's definitely a lot of rap in LA too, but um, I'd say more pop. There's more pop. Alternative like. indie yeah, 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 exactly. Whereas I, I feel like New York is definitely, at least from my experience. So yeah, okay. So I've never been to New York, so I'm just trying to like. I know we talked about that. I know we need to go. I know. Yeah. So um, New York. Uh, yeah. This is just what I get from mm-hmm. it. I feel like LA is mm-hmm. a little bit more accepting in regards to like personality. Yeah. 
Does it, that's what I would guess because there's so yeah. many different like facets mm-hmm. of of personalities. Super people are super yeah. eccentric. You know what I mean? Again, yeah. I've never been to New York, so nobody mm-hmm. come at me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just guessing. I just feel yeah. like LA would be more accepting in regards to like personalities mm-hmm. and yeah. What have I would you. say I would say a little bit of that. Um, I mean, I what I loved about when I moved to New York is it was New York was definitely way more accepting than Virginia for sure. Okay, okay. So if you're from like you know moving from South Dakota or Minnesota, <laughs> like Minnesota. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> New York is definitely going to be a little more accepting. LA, I could definitely see that as well. like LA. I think is a little more of a melting pot in terms of create creativity, like types of creatives and stuff. Um, New York, at least from my experience, there's like you know the people in Greenwich Village and like Lower East Side is like they have a certain like, way about them, you know what I mean? And then there's, like, more uptown, like, the rap vibe, you know what I mean? Like, there's definitely some extremes, different extremes of creative types in New York. Um, Whereas I feel like L.A., there's a little bit more of a wide variety. That makes sense. Okay. So taking from what you, um, what have you told me, like, as Mm -hmm. a child, I'm I'm assuming your parents were very supportive in your your artistic endeavors. I actually, I come from a family of artists and, like, um, army people, so military my, family yes, yes i know right yes, yeah <laughs> so um my aunt my dad's sister actually made a living from being a sculptor so she was a sculptor um and then her son which is my cousin he's made okay. a living from being an artist Amazing. like he gets he did uh the a whole mural at like the outlands festival or something like oh so he's pretty big yeah yeah okay. he was actually one of three artists called on by atlantic records to do one of um to come up with an idea for Jay-Z's Blueprint album. Oh, that's amazing. So only so out of the three artists, you know, they had them do the art, and then they kind of chose from that. He didn't get chosen, but he was one of the three. That's a big up, deal. Right, exactly. So he's done artwork for, like, some pretty big people, which is really cool. Um, and then my grandma, my dad's mom, I have to think about which one. My dad's <laughs> mom, she was a painter, and then on my mom's side... My actually, my grandmother from Estonia was a dancer. Um, Very much yeah. in the arts. Yeah, so lots of arts. Okay, so I just think it's really cool that your family was supportive because I don't feel like yeah. a lot of people have that. Yeah. So I can imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, I could imagine. Yeah, that could happen to me when we're trying to talk about Robin. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that your parents and your family was so mm-hmm. supportive because I think that you kind of got like a head start. Like, yeah. As a, from what I'm gathering, like you. As a kid, mm-hmm. you knew what you wanted to do and yeah. you like, went for it. Yeah, like my my parents paid for my acting classes and my dance classes and voice lessons, and that was a really big deal because, like, you know, a lot of parents who don't support that are definitely not even going to foot the bill for it. You right. Know? Yeah. How um how how was your relationship with your parents? If if we mm-hmm. if you kind kind of want to dive yeah, into like, yeah. your childhood because I feel like our childhood. Mm-hmm trauma what have you is yeah. what like molds us into mm-hmm. where we want to go in life and yeah and it has the things that that haunt us and yeah. all of that jazz so this is a mental health podcast yeah, exactly. I'm, here, I'm, here, yeah. I'm, here, I'm here to go there i'm here to dig into the brain yeah. so let's go let's yeah go. well i mean parental relationships have a huge impact. impact exactly yeah so i'd say you know on my mom's like now that I'm older, I definitely got a lot closer to my parents. But, like, growing up, I was, like, you know, because I was a bad kid. We weren't really that close. We kind of. I mean, they would support me, but I also, like, it's not like we would sit down and chat about the things that we chat about now, you know? Okay, yeah, for um, sure. My mom and I are definitely much closer now. Um, and my dad kind of, as he got older, calmed down more. Like, he definitely was, uh, I think, emotionally closed off sometimes. I think that might come from, like, the Navy. But also I heard that my grandpa, I never met him. Like he, that militant mentality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I heard that my grandpa, my dad's dad, who I never met because he passed away before I was born, but I heard he was 
kind of a dick, kind of an asshole, like, kind of mean. So I was like, okay, now I feel like, you know, my dad probably gets that, like, aggressiveness from him. You know what I mean? And I feel like it kind of, like, came on to me and my sister. Like, sometimes we're very passionate, but we can definitely be very aggressive sometimes. And so sometimes I have to, like, uh, my mom's, like, the opposite of that. You know, she's, like, the most calm sweet lady you know it's good i want to stop you there because i feel like it's good to be self-aware like that so you're very aware that Mm -hmm. like you need to work on i don't want to say like anger well i know yeah i don't want to like put words in your mouth but like you know you're saying like aggressive and like things like that and also Mm -hmm. from like the shoe incident from high school yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm just kind of like so um so okay so i'm glad that you're aware of that and you know Mm -hmm. what as you've gotten older yeah so you just told me this happened as like childhood yeah yeah so like moving into like your Mm -hmm. your like teens and then your early adulthood into how old are you now twin uh 32? 32, baby girl. <laughs> oh, I said 29. 30, 32, baby girl. We have the same birthday, right? by the way. Yes, August 18th. 32. Um, so, so, as you got older, um, yeah. did you find yourself, like, lost anywhere? You know, mm-hmm. did you what, did you have any sort of, like, addictions, problems, um, relationship problems? Like, what are you willing to touch yeah. on today? Because I want to Yeah. Well, really I think um, my dad also was, a like, an alcoholic growing up. Oh, okay. Um, not to the point where he couldn't work. Like, he always, like he worked a lot he provided well for us enough you know, to like, know that you knew yeah exactly like, <laughs> I mean like he would drink like every single night like I don't think I think there's probably like a couple nights on my hand that I can count that he so that was like the drink. normal to you yeah every single night every what did he drink night. what do you drink um I think it was Johnny Walker Black Label it was the whiskey so okay. I can't do whiskey I hate that um but so he drank a lot growing up but he was never like physically abusive you know what I mean like he wasn't like a physically abusive drunk and he usually would wait till the evening or nighttime till we were like either in bed or like but I still knew you know what right. I mean like it's it's, it's not a secret okay, okay. <laughs> you okay. know so um and then I think my mom now that I'm older there are stories coming out of her like wanting to leave my dad numerous times and then like she was going to leave him before I was born, but then I came along, so she kind of stuck it out. So now I feel, How do you, you feel know, about that? How um, do you feel, like, hearing that? I feel mixed feelings, because, like, part of me sees the good in my dad, and I'm, like, glad that I had a dad in my life, because there's some people that don't have that. And two parents that were still married. Yes, and I, I am... Part of me is, like, okay, I'm kind of glad that my parents... I don't know. I'm, I have mixed feelings about it because part of me is like, because I want that relationship, for, not that relationship, but I want a relationship for myself that, you know, you grow like a, like a, a like, a, like a complete family. Yeah, okay. a complete family. Yes. Like, I won't, you know, I want to get married and have kids and like stay with that person. You know, I don't want to have any divorces, you know, okay. but at the same time, hearing the stuff, you know, that my mom has dealt with and gone through, I'm just, it sounds very codependent. You know what I mean? Like she needed someone to kind of take care of to like feel good about herself and so by taking care of my dad through, like, his alcoholism and stuff. That. Exactly. So then I'm like, okay, that part I don't like so much. Um, so I'm kind of mixed. About, Is there any you know, way that you can, like, relate to anything like that? Yeah. So, I, well, I just got out of a relationship with um, someone that was dealing with addiction. And so I feel like, you know, my sister actually told me when I left that, she was like, you're breaking a generational curse here. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like, then me and my sister can have talks like that and be aware about those things. Because a lot of people, they're not aware of their generational curses. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, oh, we're just going to be poor forever and screw the system and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not aware of what's happened through their generations how they like they can't they can't see outside of that exactly because it's so normal yeah yeah exactly so for me it's like it's nice that my parents stayed married my whole life you know and stuff like that but I also like 
it's now that I'm older too, I've kind of changed who I'm attracted to and the, the qualities I'm attracted to in a man, especially after my last experience, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like, okay, I like, you know, especially being aggressive. Like when I was younger, like in that aggressive mind state, I was like, okay, I'd be into the bad boys or I'd be like, Oh, well screw that person for saying this and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm just like, I don't have the energy. Like I'm, you know, I'm attracted to some, a different quality. You just made me think of something. So it's yeah. very important that us as, as ourselves, mm-hmm. as a human beings, as ourselves, yeah. we are aware of like our triggers and our yeah. traumas and things like that. Because mm-hmm. if you get with the wrong partner, that's been, that's been, going to trigger your mm-hmm. triggers. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then make you yeah. a bad person. When you're trying to yeah. get go forward, exactly. you're taking a step back. And, yeah. So I think it's so, so important that once we realize, like, mm-hmm. red flag, like, yes. let's take that red flag, let's mm-hmm. not, like, wave at it and fucking yeah. jump over it. Exactly. Let's yeah. put it in my pocket. Let's go. Right? Yeah. Let's, like, look at that red flag. Yeah. And be like, throw it in the trash. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. But yeah, exactly, because the wrong partner can bring the worst out of you. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, being with someone who's dealing with addiction, it actually... But also, what if you're not aware? Mm. What if you haven't got to that self-awareness yet, and then you're with that person, and that's the reason why that person's in your life, to then bring awareness to what triggers you in your traumas, and then you throw it in the trash. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because honestly, like, I probably, if that relationship didn't happen, I wouldn't be attracted to a more... Like, a man that's in terms... Emotionally, his emotions, yeah, yeah. emotionally like, available. Exactly, a man that's more emotionally available, like a guy that's not, you know. Um, so do you think? So do you think your dad being emotionally available? Yeah, is why you I think, think it attracted me to like that, like the challenge the of heart. fixing. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. I think that that definitely. Okay, so yeah. in the relationships that we just talked about, yeah, um, has that affected mm-hmm. your? your mental state has it affected your way of thinking has it affected your your outlook on the future and relationships yeah. yeah I mean it definitely I think like throughout that last relationship I was in I was at like the m- mentally lowest I've been since high school like I've not been that mentally low in so long and I think um how did you feel during that I felt I felt like I was like mentally at rock bottom but I also knew I was like okay I've gotten through this before I've gotten through a lot of things like I just have to take it step by step and you know what I mean like just kind of like put myself together you know what like I mean like what feelings were you feeling like give me some adjectives anger okay anger, yeah huge amount of anger and sadness and also because you know when you put a lot of effort into something and it doesn't work out like that's it's you're it's kind of grieving the loss you know because it's like you're losing the potential of what you thought it could you know what like I mean you feel like you failed yes so exactly then, yeah. so then you start to get mad at yourself yeah. And it's like, so you already feel all of these horrible things, and then you're yeah. just beating yourself up. Yeah, exactly. So how did so yeah. if, so you felt like that? Yeah. So how did you get out of that, and how long mm-hmm. did that last? And like, what did you do to yeah. get out of that? Um, I think it's still kind of going on a little bit because it's still a little fresh. But um, I, I mean, you just got to move forward with life. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely had my days where I would, like cried and I was sad and angry, but like I just focused on moving forward you know what I mean like okay I gotta move so I gotta do x y and z to move okay I gotta get a new place okay I gotta get a new job I gotta set myself up I gotta start spending time with friends I gotta start going out and going because to you events. left LA so yeah. our listeners are understanding what's happening yeah so Robin was in LA blah blah blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. for like 10 years and then, yeah and then she you know with this guy yeah whatever and then decided to move back to well, not back to. Well, you decided to move <laughs> to, to South, South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, because he's got family there. So, so you were the there reason. for how long? Like six months. And then you are now back. Yes. She just moved back. She's fresh back into LA like, yeah. three weeks. Like three weeks. Yeah. Guys. 
right? And you've already... It's crazy. And you already have a job. You already yeah. have an apartment. Yes. So I just want you guys to know. Everybody, yeah. everybody out there to know. Yeah. That, like, she she kind yeah. of went back and then came back. And she, yeah. her, her her mentality, she got herself mm-hmm. out of that situation. Yeah. She came to LA. She did it. Yeah. She has a job mm-hmm. and a freaking Which I apartment. manifested, too, by the way. Like, I In, like, less than two weeks. Yeah. It's crazy how fast things can turn around. Like, when you... I, and I feel it's like... It's your mentality. Yeah. It's your mentality. And also, I feel like, in a way... Like, I'm also... I wouldn't say religious, but spiritual. Okay. So I kind of believe that the universe was almost like rewarding me for like leaving Leaving. that situation. Like you were doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, you're gone. Here you go. Here's a little present, you know, for, I mean, honestly, if you wake up in the morning, you're like, today is going to be a freaking miracle. A miracle is going to happen. You know, it's all about perspective. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah. It really is. You can look at things. So like, and the other thing too is in that kind of situation, uh, Forgiveness, I don't know, it's, it takes a while to kind of forgive too, but I, I don't well, want to be... like stages of grief. It's like yeah. you're, you're angry, disrelief, sad, blah, yeah. blah. So then like, I feel like forgiveness is last. It's last. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, if it ever comes, I don't know, like... Um, well, because we got to for us. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say forgiveness in the sense of like, I forgive this person for doing these horrible things, but it's more like, like looking at, uh, kind of like with my anger it's like okay I have to go through a healing process of like dealing with that like they have to go through the healing process of dealing with whatever they're dealing with and I don't want to like like being angry at them and like like trying to send negativity their way kind of causes me more negativity so I'm just like you know what I just hope everyone kind of heals and moves forward kind of thing you know absolutely yeah yeah. Okay, so moving moving into like some more um, deep talk mm-hmm. topics, I I really want to talk about um, things that can happen in LA. So like yeah. your safety precautions, not only as just mm-hmm. a human but as a female. Yeah. Um, what What are you willing to share in regards to some some like negative experiences yeah. that you have um, then had to overcome, and yeah. what's changed you and maybe made you stronger mentally? Yeah. Oh my God, there's a lot. Um, I mean. Any big city is going to be a crazy place with lots of ups and downs and different kinds of people. Um, You know, when you come from a place like... I mean, Virginia was right outside D.C., so there's still, like, bad stuff that happens, obviously. Um, Big city, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the stuff that happens in, like, New York, L.A., D.C. doesn't really happen in... I mean, not that it doesn't happen in South Dakota. I feel like you don't hear about it. You don't hear about it, yeah. Or... Like, in South Dakota, you wouldn't think, like, oh, I'm walking down the street, so I can't have my phone in my back pocket, whereas in New York City or L.A., it's like, so okay, much. yeah, exactly, so you have to think about small things like that, and especially, like, with social media these days, like, you have to be extra careful, because there are lots of, like, social media horror stories, too, like, when that happened with me, um, so there was this woman, so maybe this, this happened in, like, October of 2019, so before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, um, and, you know, as a music artist, it's like I'm always looking for new opportunities, uh, new networking, you know, meeting new people, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this woman in her 40s had contacted me on Instagram saying, like, hey, me and my husband are, you know, we um, work with labels, just finding artists to sign. We kind of develop them and work on their music. And then, you know, we work on their music with them and then promote that to the label for record deals or whatever. So I was like, OK, cool. Um, hopped on the phone with her. We talked for like 20 minutes. It seemed like a really good conversation. I seemed to, but I also was sussing it out too, because you have to be careful in the entertainment industry with like scams and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, let me just see what she has to say, you know? And it sounded like, so 
in the music industry, there's something called a finder's fee. So record labels will sometimes pay someone for finding an like artist. A mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So okay. so I was like, she said that they, they got paid through finder's fees. And so I was she's like, trying to get some work. So it sounded, it sounded legit, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, and she's an older woman in her 40s. So I was like, okay. Um, you trusted her because she was a woman. Yes, exactly. She had a family. She was married. Her husband was the music producer. So I was like, okay, cool. Like... I'll meet with you guys and see what else you have to say. We'll play some music and and talk business, you know? So she sends me... They have a home studio. And normally I wouldn't, like, you know, go to the stranger's home or whatever. Um, You know, but she's an older married woman with a family. So I was like, okay, I... I don't know. I feel I felt okay about so it. So if it was a male and no female, you wouldn't have gone. No, definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But being a woman with a family, okay. I was like, okay. Like I looked at their Instagrams, checked them out. So I was like, they, you know, they had photos in the offices okay. of labels, and there's one A and R that I'd heard of from Atlantic, and they had photos with them. So I was like, okay, they know this A and R that I have heard of. So uh, it seems legit. You know, you were doing your homework. And exactly. Seemed and okay. It's, okay. Yes. Exactly. So. Uh, what happened was on my way there, I had texted the address to a friend of mine and I said, Hey, I'm going here for a music meeting, like just, you know, letting you know where I'm going to be because it's a home, you know? So she was like, okay, I'll check in on you later. Um, so I go there and within, you know, the first hour, their kids are home when I go there, by okay. the way, they're okay. like 14 and 12. Like these kids are not too young. Like, you know what I mean? They see me. Yeah. They know. They're <laughs> okay. like, there's a person in the house. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I go up to the home studio and it it looks official. Like I've been to so many different studios, you know, working in music. It's like, okay, this looks legit. Like they have this computer, this microphone, they have these awards. Like it it looks legit, you know? Um, So I go there within the first hour. We're like playing music. We're talking. He's kind of giving me pointers on the songs he's hearing and like the recording quality, blah, blah, blah. And he had offered me like a glass of champagne. And at first I was like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to go and talk business and then leave. Um, and then after, like, I, I guess they just kept, I don't know, the conversation going, you know what I mean? So by keeping me there and then like offered me like three other times. So I was like, you know what? Fine. Like it's one glass. I, I'm going to leave right after. It'll be fine. Whatever. Um, cause I mean, that happens in the music industry. You go to a studio, people are like smoking and drinking or whatever. And that happens in a lot of different studios. Did you, you know? feel so, pressured? A little bit, I did, okay. yeah, because he had offered it me a couple times, and I said no each time. Okay, but and throughout this whole situation, like the woman sitting so with us, red flag, yeah, red flag. Okay, we're taking yeah. notes, so red yeah. flag. Okay, yeah. okay. So, and normally I wouldn't. But do we put, we like put that. it in the pocket, and we kept yeah, going. exactly, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had the one, and then um, next thing I know, uh, it's three a.m. and I'm on their living room couch, and I was like, "What the frick? You know, don't want to curse, but you know what I mean? You actually so, called me. Yeah. Actually, so You my, actually called yeah, me, yeah. And it, yeah, and my, my friend that I texted the address to never checked on me. Never checked on me. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not one text, not one phone call, nothing. Until like 3 a.m. And I had gone over there at 1 p.m. the day before. So you were for 12, almost 12 hours? Yeah. Okay. And so you woke up, so you woke up on the couch? Yeah. So, and I don't know if this is TMI, but I was like... <laughs> on my period no no let's let's yeah. talk about this because again these are yeah. signs so yeah let's be so, let's be honest and my socks were off which was weird because i like i don't like to say take my socks off too much like you know what i mean because i kind so of you woke up and you noticed that things things were, were wrong like i it, it was the you know i was on my period and my tampon was not in when i woke up and i was just like where did my tampon go and as a female that is one of those scariest feelings yeah my tampon was gone my socks are off my jacket was off 
And I, 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 it just, like, was weird, you know? So I was like, okay, this is really strange. And so I woke up, and it was 3 a.m. I guess they were asleep or whatever. And then I just put on my shoes, and I left. And I just left. And then um, I couldn't sleep at all. I was supposed to go to work at, like, 8 a.m. the next day. So I, I go to work, and I'm there for a couple hours, and I can't well, stop thinking about it. I remember you called me right yeah. after, and I, I said, go to the police station. Make a police station. Yeah, you, I remember. Yeah, you were the one that told me that I should I said, do that. yes, yes. Yeah, and I even texted my sister, too. And I said, hey, this just this like weird situation happened, and I don't know what to do. But, like, I had already, like, missed some other days at work, so I felt, that's why I felt obligated to go, you know what I mean? So I go there, and then I'm there for a couple hours, and I'm like, hey, like, I, I didn't want to tell them exactly, but I was like, something really bad happened to me last night, and I have to go, like, to the police or whatever. So I go to the rape center at um, UCLA. Um, at, it's at 5 p.m. the next day. So, so the reason this timeline is important is because, so I'd gotten at their house about 1 p.m. the day before, and I had the champagne around, like, 4, 4.30 time. Woke up around 3 a.m. Um, didn't go the... I guess I had called the rape center about, like, 3 p.m. the next day. Because I had left work maybe around noon, got home. Or I don't really remember that part. But I know I didn't see them until 5 p.m. So what's the time space in which you have to get that DNA, anything collected? For as, as soon as possible. Within but a 24-hour period, Within right? 24 and, but, hours. 48 hours, but mainly within 24 hours. Yeah. So that's most crucial. But what's even, even less than that is crucial, too, because I believe... They probably used what's called GHB on me, and GHB um, goes away. It goes away within like even eight hours after drinking it. So even I, as I had the drink at four and waking up at three, even if I had done a, some type of piss test or anything after that, I, they probably still wouldn't have caught it. Okay, so you go, so you get the rape kit done. Yeah. Okay, and what was the pro- What was like the process of that? Um, they, so you know, I had to. They had to strip me down, and this woman had to like look at my whole body just to look for bruises and stuff. Then they had to um, take my blood for certain like STD tests and stuff. You know, swab down there and stuff. Uh, so it was probably like a two hour long process by yourself. <laughs> scared, yeah. And the the detective had come as well. There was a, a sheriff or a detective that had come out, spoken with me. Um, I told him the whole situation. Um, no, the sheriff came first. From the county that happened, because it happened in Ventura County, because it was out past Thousand Oaks, so it was a different county than Los Angeles. So the Ventura County Sheriff had to come. I spoke to him and uh, gave them all the info, phone numbers, everything that I had, the address, uh, and then they assigned a detective. So then I met with a detective, um, go to the detective's office, you know, meet with him, tell him everything, and uh, he, I showed him the guy's Instagram. And he noticed on the guy's Instagram that there were photos of the man and he had used like Snapchat face filters on a couple photos. And he was like, oh, I noticed he made a comment like, oh, so the the FBI facial recognition can't pick it up. And that scared me. And I was like, excuse me. And then they did. I I had to meet with him. or I think I called the woman. This was the next day when I met with a detective and I had called the woman back. Um, She didn't answer as I'm at the detective station. Didn't answer. So then I drove away. And then she calls me back as I'm driving away. So then I had to drive back to the detective right. station. So I had to put a little earpiece in all this oh, stuff, so God. the detectives could record the whole con- the, the whole phone conversation. And what was gathered? Um, I remember saying. What like, was the reason that you were calling her? Like trying to just ask her what happened? Yeah, just be like, hey, so you know, I never pass out for that long off of one drink. Like I know myself. Like, and she just kind of was saying like, oh, well, you you were slosh and blah 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 blah. And then like you came and met other people. There were other people that came by that night. And I was like, <gasps> other people? Like oh, there were no. other people. And the detective was just like, 
what, like, she, uh, from what I remember, it was about a 10 minute long conversation, and she was kind of, the detective was saying she was a little bit all over the place, a little unfocused, like, on trying to keep her story straight. Yeah, and stuff she like was that. nervous. Yeah, so they recorded that whole conversation. Um, and then, you know, the, through all this, you know, they're testing the rape kit, and, rape kit and stuff. So then a week later, I have to go to a safe house out in Ventura County um, to do a video de- deposition. Um, Jeez, man. And when I go to the safe house, this is this is what is really scary. Um, actually, no, I think, wait, let's go back to that phone call conversation. Because at that time, that might have been the second time I met with a detective. I don't remember. But I know that I had met with him in that same place and he gave me what's called a six pack. So a six pack is, you know, when they give you six photos of like different people, oh, you have to, to pick out, pick the people out. So he gave me a six pack of, of the man and the woman. So I had a six pack of the, the man. So I had to, you know, choose and the face. Yeah. And then another thing that was really scary too, is I was like, Oh, like he told me his t- name was Skylar Lex. And the detective was like, that's the name he told you his name is. So I was just like, they're using fake names. And, and they're using fake names, too. So, yeah, Skyler Lex, I'm going to say his name. I don't even care. Uh, like, yeah. And then uh, the woman, you know, I had to point out her face, too. So I was just like, they wouldn't have these photos. Like, these are mug shots. That means that these people are in the system. They're in the system. And then when he said the FBI facial recognition, he's, like, he has filters on So that photos. guy knew what he was, so they knew what they were doing. They were, and the, this is another thing that scared me, too, like, uh, connecting to the six-pack situation. So after that, maybe a week later, I go to a Ventura County Safe House. Um, and I do the video deposition where I just kind of had to tell the whole story, explain what the house looked like, explain how I got up to the studio, just explain it all. And, um, the DA was there, the district attorney, they told me that the DA was watching from a video surveillance from some other location. Um, but as I'm walking down the hallway of the house, there's, you know, they have a guy with an FBI jacket in the other room watching the video. So I'm like, wow, like the FBI is involved in this. And the FBI is watching. They're probably doing, like, some behavioral analysis on me or whatever. But, like... See if you're lying. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't lying, so I, was, I didn't care. But, that like, the FBI is involved. So, from all of that, is the case still going? Is it settled? What? Um, still going on. But so, what do they find from, 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 oh, from like... Oh, yes. I'll everything. tell you. So, actually, a month after that whole situation happened, I get a letter in the mail from the, the Ventura District Attorney saying, like, I'm a victim of crime. And then that was, like, when it was, like, super real for me. I was just, like, the, like... Obviously, they know these people are bad, and they're after them. And then I had found another victim online. Like when I did more research on this guy, I found another victim online, and I ended same up people? talking to her. Same people. And this woman had told me that uh, nothing sexual had happened with them, but like she, I guess, like he was more taking advantage of them financially through music stuff. Oh, and she was like, "Oh, the FBI has been after these people for seven years," and I was just like holy crap so then a year goes by over a year maybe a year and a half and i think you were in the car with me uh-huh. when the detective calls me this was probably april oh my year. god i was in the car you were in the car with me when the detective called me yeah and what did they say so this is like probably march or april of this year so this is like a year and a half after the incident and the rape kit the rape kit was finally done and finished it took me a year and a half to do it um they found unknown dna on my underwear and I had not hooked up with anyone for two months before that. And that I and know, your, yeah, and I know that yeah. underwear, that underwear had just come out of the laundry. <laughs> like, so I was like, there's no way anyone else's DNA would have been on my underwear of all places. So how did this situation affect you mentally? Like, did you have to I had PTSD. Yeah, so I did. I actually, um, I got free therapy through the state. I got like 10 different sessions. So I went to the UCLA, um, Rape Center has a counseling center as well down in Santa Monica. So I went to get some uh, therapy there with her. 
um, she was the one that told me that's what the six pack is called. Okay, okay. Um, about the photos and stuff. And um, she explained to me, you know, the re- trauma response and kind of stuff like that. And oh, she was so sweet. I love her. Um, so I got some free therapy, but I had some really bad PTSD afterwards. Like I still have PTSD. I think you're still dealing. Yeah, you're still dealing with that. Yeah, and a big part of a big reason, like uh, I guess, like a week after that incident happened, um, I was in my apartment by myself, and like my balcony door had like opened itself or something and I like twit like I just that's when you knew that I had PTSD because like loud noises even to this day like loud noises and like things kind of like I flinch a little bit you know what I mean um like earlier today I was at the gas station and this guy walks by me and I just like flinch you know what I mean so I'm still dealing with it I actually um when my health insurance kicks in for my new job (laughs) there's a center called Serenity Trauma Center in Malibu that does like PTSD therapy and stuff so I want to go there and it's more. it's so scary, Robin. Like it's like we need yeah. to like let everybody know like be aware. Yeah. It's not only female. It's not male. It's not. Yeah. It, it's like these people targeted you, and they were a couple, and and they've been doing this. To, and they have a family. They have kids. They have four they, kids. Yeah, they don't even that they took like and in they their did own house, house. And their own house. You know, and it's just it's yeah. so crazy. And like so many, so many. We've heard you know recent stories of you know yeah. you know the two girls here in LA, Christy and Hilda, who unfortunately yeah. rest in peace. They're not here anymore. They got um, mm-hmm. from what we know. Yeah. You know what I mean? They went out and they went back with three guys and the last yeah. anybody knew was they were dropped off on the hospital doorsteps yeah. you know yeah um, unresponsive so it's like I'm really glad you're here yeah <laughs> I'm really Honestly, glad you made like, it through anything yeah. it could have been really bad when I think about it like I get so scared I'm like I'm so lucky that I woke up on the couch because I could have easily woken up like chained chained up somewhere Honestly, like, yeah. Like, I could have woken up without footers. I don't know. Like, it's terrifying to think what could have happened. So what steps are you taking um, to help with your mental health? What, um, what, what helps you with your mental health? I'd say just being around good, good, positive people. You know what I mean? Like, people like you, you know, like, <laughs> spend time with my friends and um, getting out into nature. Like... You meditate, um, read yeah. Yes, I listen to, like, meditation. Every morning I play meditation music. Um, I've been reading a lot of books on, like, investing, so I haven't read as many... Um, She's on the money chain, right? Yes, yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, uh, another really good book that I love is The Alchemist. I mean, I read it years ago, but like, I love that book too. Um, So, I mean, because the thing with PTSD is like, it you really isolate yourself a lot. Like this year, I didn't live stream as much. I didn't post on social media as much. I've kind of isolated myself a little bit. I didn't didn't release as much music. So I think. um, But did you take that time to heal? You know I what think, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm still healing, but I'm all, I did take the time to kind of, like, reassess a lot of different things and stuff within myself as well. And I think with PTSD, too, you don't want to isolate yourself too much. Because so, it makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I, I listened to a, a lot of motivational things like Lewis House School Greatness. Um, I listened yes, to Jim, Jim, Jim yeah. Rohn. I listened to uh, Mel Robbins. So yeah. many, so many amazing people. And I, I what what they say is like psychologically, like how our brain works is like if we want to like tuck our head in like a turtle, like in our little mm-hmm. shell when things happen, it's it's when the next thing happens, we need to learn to like kind of dwindle and get our way out like yeah. our head out a little bit more because if we keep going in and going in and yeah. going in we are never gonna feel okay with coming out coming out yeah so it's like you really have to discipline mm-hmm. yourself and push yourself i yeah. know it's hard like we i deal yeah. with with a ton of mental mental disability things like that but it's like yeah. it's all about how you deal with it and 100%. the proper steps that you take to mm-hmm. get better but you have to want to get better exactly you, know, you have yeah. to really want and you have it. to know like that's where self-awareness comes into place you too. have to first step is yeah. awareness realization mm-hmm. yes and then sitting with it 
Yes. Sitting in the in, in the, yeah. in the anger and the sadness and the pain, mm-hmm. right? And they're being like, okay, cool. What the fuck am I going to do about this now? Yeah, exactly. You know, because yeah. you, you want to just be a fucking turtle in the shell for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. No! Yeah. No, honey. No. I'm a fucking <laughs> no. dinosaur. Exactly. Fucking Godzilla yes. and the <laughs> take over this world. Right? Exactly, oh my yeah. God. So you just can't isolate too much. I mean, it's okay to take a little time. Like, I definitely... No, for sure. More, like, I'm more selective about, like you know, who I hang out with and, like, places I go and how I We all there. have to be really careful right yeah. now, especially in L.A., you know? I'm definitely way more selective. Like, I went to a drag show with a friend the other day, and, like, the whole time, I'd gotten one drink, but, like, my hand's over the drink the right. whole time. <laughs> right, Because I'm just, like, you know what I mean? I'm just, like, holding my drink so here. so scary. Yeah, because I'm just, like, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm really yeah. happy that you're my friend. I'm really yeah, happy that you're you. my life. Love you I love you so much. Love you too. Thank you for being here thank and you. sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable. It's yeah. okay to be vulnerable, everybody. Yeah. Okay, let's be vulnerable so we can connect. That is the main yes. purpose for my show is to connect and overcome. Exactly. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for being yeah. open and, and vulnerable and honest mm-hmm. with all of us. And I really yeah. hope that Robin helps you guys out there. Um, so. Stay yes. safe. Yes. And I think it's really important because I haven't actually really told that story to yeah, that's super I think that's the public with it. Yeah, exactly. I haven't been public with the story yet. It's gonna so, help people. Yeah, hundred percent. So thank you. Yeah. Can we can yeah. we uh can we tell the listeners where we can find Robin Taylor? Yes. Find me on Instagram at Robin Taylor, R O B I N T A Y L O R. On YouTube is Robin Taylor Music and that's about it for now. Yeah. And I am your host, Amanda Terry, also known as Makeup Mandy, and that is with an I. And you can find me on all platforms at makeup underscore Mandy with an I. Thank you guys so much. I love you and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.